Fuck pain, fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. From the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. Tonight, the summer is about over, and Rich and Bellelli reconvene to discuss why is it is his grandmother always seems to find herself getting into fights through the decades, the history books that set Danielli on his path, the Japanese World Cup team, Knife Envy, Bone Music, the drunken Dallas are accused of being climate deniers? Come on. Here we go. And now... Asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind. For the Drunken Dallas Podcast begins now. Well, welcome back, everybody. It's another fine episode of the Drunken Dallas Podcast, episode 140, about to begin. Across the table from me, as usual, Mr. Daniele Bolelli. We have a fabulous new sponsor. Yes, for two, this is the second episode in a row, last of this campaign, but big, big thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring us. In case you are wondering, Blue Chew, what is that? Ooh, this is the good stuff. So it's not chewing the back as it turns your teeth blue? No, it's bluechew.com, where we're talking about is the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. Yes. You have my attention. Now, here is what they do. Basically, they know that people don't want to deal with doctor prescription, pay for name brands, go to the pharmacy. So they are doing something where you can do it all online. You fill out a questionnaire, doctor reviews it, get a prescription, boom, shows up in the mail fast and quick. Everything is easy. And it's all smiles around the house. And after it's that. all smiles around the house. Yes. I think it's... I love the concept. This is just one of the... I always have fun because they initially sponsor History on, on Fire. That was their first thing. Then they decided to sponsor Duncan Taoist. And I was imagining, you know, my standard thing is imagining the impact on human history of sexually frustrated, angry guys, how much how much history would have been more pleasant and less bloody if some of these angry, I can't properly perform guys would be Probably, so if some of the angrier folks through history perhaps had a uh, better luck with their gentlemen's equipment, yeah, that may have. Uh, I mean, it we, might have turned the anger down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we can guarantee it, but the odds are good that when people are more sexually satisfied, anger tend to go. There's an inverse relation between sexual satisfaction and anger, so. The, I think you could probably prove that. Never mind the number of species that have gone to near extinction because people have been using the weirdest compounds to try to ensure, you know, let's uh, kill the rare tigers because of their liver or whatever else compound goes into Rhino some folk. Ma- exactly. Easy. Blue chew. A very simple. Uh, it's B-L-U-E, the word chew, C-H-E-W dot com, promo code DRUNK. 
and you try it for free. You just pay five bucks for shipping. That's all you do. And then you get to try it for free and you quickly find out for yourself if you dig it or not. And my bet is you shall. So <laughs> Rob Williams used to say, make you harder than Chinese algebra. Right. The, um, I have actually sampled the joys of blue shoe oh. and I can properly testify that yes, it is uh, the, the word joy is very well applied in this case. So check them out, bluechew.com, promo code DRUNK. Try it out for free. I'm looking forward to give my honest opinion. Let's do that. Well, who else? Be I bet some familiar names. Yeah, the familiar names are the usual for us. Onnit, Shore Design, Datsusara. Cool companies. Onnit, there's the whole complete range of you know, from foods to supplements, we are staring at like three gazillion on its supplements on the table right now. Uh, they just started producing these elk bars that are delicious. They uh, exercise equipment. I mean, yeah, the room we are in, it looks like a like on a the gym or something. <laughs> yeah, there's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight kettlebells of various sizes and shapes that Savannah lifts on a regular basis. That Iron Man is quite awesome. Iron Man is brilliant. The orangutan, the chimp, the harpy, and the regular ones. So there are supplements. There's Onnit food. So check out Onnit. Onnit is brilliant. There's a link in the episode notes so you can get a discount. Check them out. Short design with the... I mean, I love short design t-shirts. I'm actually committing a scene right now. I'm not wearing a short design t-shirt, which means... It's wash day. Yeah, exactly. Once in a rare while I'm allowed, but not often. But yeah, sure design t-shirts are super cool. Their other side, hat and pants is also, there's some brilliant stuff. And they earned by my undying loyalty. Not that they needed to, because they already had it, but even more so, they sponsor Savannah for a few months in their MMA pursuits. So I love them. Uh, link in this, in this episode notes, so you can get a discount. Check them out. And uh, there's a link, but no discount, for the great hemp gear at Datsusara. So check out Datsusara. I believe that they are most of their bags and stuff is getting back in stock. They were out of a lot of stuff for a while because demand was higher than supply. That is no longer the case. So check them out at dsgear.com. Speaking of Savannah... Whatever happened with the uh, over-the-top arm wrestling competition? Oh, that one, they canceled the event. So she's oh. gonna, she's probably still going to do it, but it's probably going to be postponed to some other date. So. Somebody have a sore wrist? Yeah, no, I think they... got they, one look at that punch, knockout, knock the girl in the air, like, wait a minute. No, it was a thing of uh, they had, uh, I think, the hotels, or I forget, it was like an organizational thing where the whole event had to be called off because the hotel in Vegas, there were a problem with getting the right weekend and that kind of thing. <sighs> But it shall happen, just not now. Still excited. Yeah, that was fun. Did you see any of the um, trust uh, about the Getty? It was the same thing as all the money in the world, but about no, John Paul that. Getty's grandson being kidnapped. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I know that story. It was a series. Yeah, and uh, yeah, because it was in Italy. Those I used fellas. it briefly during the Magliana Gang episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. where those fellas were in on the the kidnapping. No, they weren't. But I was mentioning kidnappings, and so I was I brought that up. Yeah, because yeah. Of like, and also I had to mention John Paul Getty having, uh, no, the senior having. Um, a payphone in his house so that guests would uh, use the payphone with coins. Rather he was than... the cheapest motherfucker in the world. Like, oh. But he also had his own little um, 
concubine collection wow. that would sit and play bridge with each other every night and wonder who's going to get fucked by the old man tonight. And I mean, he was in his 80s at that point, I think. That dude is Was like... taking shots in his dick. Wow. To get it up and running. Wow. And then, all right, I guess I feel like Consuela tonight. Get her ass in here. And this crazy little blend, and there's one that was like the old, like the wife was gone. Yeah. But there's like lead concubine. She was probably fifty. Right. Still pretty hot. But, yeah. And then like this collection, and would just literally ring the bell, wow. and they would know, oh, that's Consuela's bell. Jesus. Yeah, and yeah, he is. went scrape two nickels together, and I don't know how much of it was made up, but literally, like his first offer to them was go fuck yourself. Yeah. And then the second one was like, I'll give you your expenses. For keeping him, so like seven grand. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, we I, want fifty million. I remember. Yeah, even the mafia was disgusted with him. He's like, "Holy shit, this guy's not paid for his family. What the fuck is wrong with yeah. him?" What, how's how's a criminal gonna get? Yeah. So it was pretty fascinating, and I don't know how true it is, but it looks like a kid that the kid that the, the grandson Paul the third yeah. had uh, kind of befriended, One of cut the, his ear off. Just to make sure he wasn't going to get killed. Wow. Because he's like, look. This is not going to go okay. You're right. If we don't do something, they're going to kill you. Yeah. Because they don't give a fuck yeah. anymore. And then uh, put the ear in the mail and there was a postal strike. Oh, Jesus. So there's no response to the ear for like three weeks. Wow. And somebody's like, well, the postman's been on strike. So they went to the post office and dug through, th you know, who knows yeah, how much yeah, this was made up, course. but literally had to find the box with the mostly oh, rotten Jesus. ear and then shipped it over overnight. That's nuts. And when it got there, it's like, that could be anybody's ear. Yeah. No, that guy was scumbag. I don't know. And all of, and, and everything he had built, like, if any money came out of the trust, uh -huh. it had to be put into the companies so they could go and refeed the trust. Not he didn't waste a fucking nickel. No, that nothing. guy was an asshole, complete. I mean, seriously, who puts a payphone in his house? That's just a joke. Especially a billionaire. Exactly. Or is it? <laughs> cool. All right, here we go. Is the opposite of rant time. Oh, we're doing unrant? Uh, yes, unrant. It's a uh, oh. happy, good uh, moment of the day. Excellent. Is um, I was watching, we're now in the latter part of summer, toward the end of it all. The, um, I didn't watch a whole lot of the World Cup, but the World Cup is always the World Cup. I always have enjoyed the weirdness of it all. You know, when you have games between... Uh, I love it. Denmark, I mean, and, Denmark and Peru, that's pretty fun, right? It's yeah. like countries where it's like, have there been 30 of each other citizens who have ever met each other? You know, that's when it's interesting. When, But it started early with Mexico, Germany. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. They had oh, some, I had great hopes. Yeah. I was I don't know what maybe because they just won, but I didn't shed a tear for Germany getting beat in the first round. Yeah, I yeah. Don't know why it was kind is. of fun to see all the big ones. I mean, Italy didn't even make it. Germany US, got slaughtered. Which was a total Argent embarrassment for yeah. both countries. Argent what are you talking about? Both Ar those countries yeah. should have a team that can beat I know. Trinidad and Tobago Ar to make your way through. Right. And Italy, I can't. 
Italy's Lothar, Argentina's Lothar. They all, you know, were... It was kind of fun in that sense to yeah. see all the... See Messi looking sad. Ronaldo, he's sad. Yeah. It was... Uh, but, but the one moment of the World Cup that I thought was pure genius and brilliant was... Uh, provided by the team of Japan. Actually, other teams have oh. done similar stuff, but the Japanese story is so cool. Incredible. Yeah. Even when they lost. That's around the thing. Round 16, round 8, yeah. they made it a little ways. They went way further probably than anybody expected yeah. because Japan usually doesn't have a particularly great team, but they did very well. Yeah. Then they lost their super tight World Cup match to Belgium, right? It was a really great match. They lost 3-2 to two on direct elimination. Pretty close one. So this I guess they went back in the locker room, they wrecked shit, and they kicked things around, yeah. and they messed it all off to make sure it would be just a terrible, and their fans probably just trashed the place. Right, rock star style. You exactly. set the city we'll on fire, you. and you destroy the locker room. These guys, think about it. They have just lost the biggest game of their life. Yeah. There's probably never going to be a game that's as important to them as that game. Not to them. It could be 20 years till their country makes it that far again. And they went this close and they lost it. So the level of sadness, frustration, and all of it is sky high. Yeah. You see the images of the Japanese fan in the stand crying, the players crying. They are all like, it's a heavy, heavy moment. How do you like to focus your disappointment? So both the fans and the team... The fans, they dry up their tears, they get these big plastic bags, and they proceed to clean up the entire stadium. Yep. The Even team, the Belgium side. Right, of course. The team goes back into the locker room, and they clean up the whole locker room and leave a thank you note to the Russian staff of the stadium for hosting them and the nice... Uh, and it's like, holy shit, the degree of class and integrity that you display in a moment like that. I found it unbelievably inspiring. That's exactly where I'm going with it, where it's like, how beautiful is that? You know, I don't know a single one of their players. I don't know anything about them. I don't know the fans. I don't know a thing about them as individuals. But that act is just pure class. And I think he's showing that, the fact that you can have just... I mean, these guys literally just saw their dream get crushed, Yeah, right? And not like four to nothing late in the game. No, No. they were there the whole time. Yeah, it's like the most important moment of their professional life has come and gone. Yeah. And minutes later, they can just be these perfect gentlemen who are behaving in a way that is the way you dream to behave in under ideal circumstances, let alone when the circumstances are not ideal. Or not even when it's required of you. Nope. There were plenty Nobody of good Russian people it. that were coming in with their leaf blowers to clean that stadium up. Yep. Nobody expects it. You do it because you do it, because that's a cool thing to do, because that's how you want to behave in daily life. That's how you... To me, that's awesome. You know, it's one of the things that is like, that is so, and I'm not making a big deal about Japanese culture because I'm sure there are like 3,000 things that if you look into it, there are weird shit that I wouldn't like. porn and all the madness that's in there. But if it creates this. Yeah, something good is there. I'm sure there is fat. Let's not even, this is not an embracing of, yay, wave the Japanese flag. No, Japan it's is humans the doing the right thing for exactly. a change. It's like, that is a beautiful moment and a great thing. Especially when we're in a country right now where one of the president's advisors, and I'm not getting political, this is Mm -hmm. about Stephen Miller, that motherfucker in high school used to complain, why should I put anything in the garbage? We have janitors. Right, right, right. 
throw it on the floor. That's and, uh, the wrong team. Yeah, big time, big time. It's exactly, and I mean, that's what I love about it. It's like, yeah, that is just human decency, right? The guy who throws shit on the floor because why should I care versus the one that, you know, cleaning a stadium is not a political act. It's not a, it's a, just a human integrity act. It's a kindness act. It's just the kind of stuff that anybody, regardless of what your politics are, your religion, your opinions on 10,000 topics behave like that and holy shit will i listen to what you have to say even if i disagree and what okay? if the whole world did behave like exactly that? what a fucking planet we would have you can have the most what i would consider the most distasteful political opinions ever and i would still give you respect and listen because you are behaving like an absolute awesome human being and then opinions, okay, we can talk about them. But I respect you as a person, yeah. you know? And that to me is key. It's like you can do that, then everything else is, uh, everything else can be discussed, you know? Yeah, I was, I was blown away by that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It was impressive. Yeah. Can you imagine if after the Super Bowl, the drunk fans took... Yep. And if it was everybody there... It would take five minutes. Totally. But we're so just throw it in the floor and let those poor suckers that got to come take care of it. Yeah, yeah, It's just the wrong... It's just the wrong way to handle everything. For sure. It was such an eye-opening thing. I, yeah, I'm with you. When I said... Because they had done it a couple games earlier, too. They did yeah. it all the way through, even when they were winning games. And from what I've been told, there were another couple of games who have done... like Another couple of teams who have done similar stuff. I think Senegal did. I think there were a couple of teams that did stuff like that. And again, so it's not a, oh, yay, Japan is... Well, anybody would... I heard about the Japanese team. If somebody else did it, good for them. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, it's a cool human thing that everybody should strive for, to have that grace to behave in an awesome way under difficult circumstances. What if you could apply it to super fun sites and things like that, where people will happily pour poison mm -hmm. into the ground so they can make $10 today. Right. Yep. 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 Absolutely. That seems to be where we're parked at. Mm -hmm. And if I can get away with it for a while, right. they don't find out about it until it gets into the groundwater 30 years from now. Yeah, but I won't leave here anyway, and I'll matter. go somewhere else. Yeah, right. we'll, we'll have the Elysium Space Station built yeah. by then, and we'll just look down on everybody. I don't know, man. Inspiring, I don't think there's a better word for it, because I really was like, wow. Yep. They're, and nobody was pointing guns at them. Clean that shit up. Nope. It's a choice. It was just doing the right thing. It's a choice to be a good human being. And it's not always an easy choice because, yeah, I'm sure wallowing in your misery and complaining that you lost the match and sadness and this and that would be natural. But you know what? Just you dry your tears, you do the right thing, and it probably and feels better. As a society, Japan surely has shown a fiercer side in years gone oh by. yeah i mean when you look at like mean as they could get totally that's why it's not uh, people uh, people always have this thing that if you say something nice about somebody from a certain nation is like somehow you're idolizing that culture is like no there's a lot of weird shit i'm sure we're it's, japan world war ii deniers now yeah yeah exactly <laughs> that's the next thing right is it's not at all but in this one aspect there's something awesome about it you know yeah it was a bright point yeah i dug it so let's all join, you know, start the movie theater, you fool. The shit you brought in, take it out take to it the out. trash can. Yeah, that seemed like a very reasonable thing to do. 
Yeah, we're not asking you to sweep up the crumbs of popcorn it fell. Yeah, yet. that'll be next year when we really have control. Right. But yeah, police your area. Yeah. It's a thing, you know, what was really nice, that, that, that camping trip we took into the, which I didn't even know existed, the King's Canyon next to Sequoia, mm-hmm. is this incredible, if, if it was an ice wall, it would give you an idea with the Game of Thrones, right. they are like 12,000 foot tall canyon, box canyon. Yeah. So, and you can get all the way to the end, so you're laying your hands on this 12,000 foot wall. Wow. I tell you what, if the fire was coming from the fourth direction, you would be fucked. Yeah. There is nothing you could do. You can get out. Even expert right. climbers, this would be like, it's not happening. Maybe in a few days we could get up out yeah. of there. But it was so impressive. And those national parks, people are really good about taking care of them. Oh, yeah. And yeah, there's some rangers around, but these rangers aren't pointing fingers and yelling no, at people. Of you know, they're making sure they're not going to burn the forest down. But even there, well, it did help that there's a nice ice water runoff river going through sure. the thing. But we had fires yep. in this season because everything was cleared properly. Right. And uh, it was just great to see folks taking care of it, leaving it for the next person so they can have a good time too. Yeah, which are not saying you need to be a genius who figure some amazing secret of the universe. You just need to be a decent human being. And that's rare enough that we've got a terrible shortage. The spotlight is on you if you manage to pull that off. I understand that that's a pretty low bar, but apparently it's not. And ultimately, maybe it shouldn't be. Maybe it's more important to be a decent human being than to be an asshole and figure out how to build the next million dollar company, you know? It's that's something awesome about it. That's why when I saw the Japanese thing, I'm like, oh man, I love this story. This makes me feel good. It gives me hope where there isn't much some days. But that's that's also the point. It's like their thing is like, that was a really shitty day for them. It doesn't matter. On a good day, you behave like a nice person. On a bad day, you behave like a nice person. That is like irrelevant of circumstances. Yeah. Hopelessness, hope, good things happen, bad things happen. The end result is the same. You still try to shine. You know, there's a... That idea that if you are if you are like a sun, you're supposed to shine regardless of who's in front of you. Whether there's a bunch of assholes in front of you, you shine anyway. Because it shouldn't be up to some asshole to rob you of your nature, you know. If that's who you are, be that way anyway, you know. And and I dig that. There's a wise woman that has told me all through my life that you see these people who take advantage and the hedge fund managers and these mm-hmm. folks that don't give a fuck about anybody. And yeah, you could lead that route. You could go down that path. Or you could be a good person that takes care of the folks around you. And maybe not all the grandest things happen to you. And you don't have a pile of platinum. But at least you can sleep at night. Yeah, exactly. You're not looking over your shoulder for who's going to make the next move against you. Or even on smaller things. I mean, I'm with you. And I'm far from perfect. But I do try. Start by cleaning up the uh, cleaning up the stadium is a very good start, right? Yeah. You are the fan, you clean up, nobody else has to do it. That's a sweet thing. You're the person that uses the freeway. Yeah. Come out one weekend a year and pick up a mile of it. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? We got plenty of people to take care of all of it. Oh, yeah. If 10 people did one mile, there would still be hundreds of thousands left over. Yep, yep, yep. Something beautiful about that concept. Yeah, because if we take care of our environment we might start to learn to take care of each other.
Friends and neighbors, it's time again for an Isabella moment. Boom, boom, boom. Let's do it. We have two today. So let's start with... Well, this is a dialogue that I overheard from uh, Isabella and her twin friends who were in the backseat of the cars. And they are identical twins, so it's a trip always when they are, because I always had this, like, I'm seeing double kind of thing. They are super sweet. They are fun. But yeah, it's hilarious. In any case... So I'm hearing this dialogue from the back while I'm driving, with Isabella saying, my grandma, she has been in so many fights that it's scary. And one of her friends is like, real fights? Isabella, yeah. Her friend, with knives? Isabella, yeah. Not all of them, but some of them. Now, the funny thing in all of this is that she's not lying at all, because I've never met anybody in my life who has been in as many fights as my mom. And that's where you start believing in the idea of karma because it's like she grew up like for example her sister grew up in the same household same education same street exposed to the same things nothing ever happened to her right she would just go through life and there was no drama no bullshit no knife fights no my mom had like between uh, attempted muggings attempted rapes attempted this attempted that there was like it's a regular thing right it happened all the time and so she got good at it, but like starting, I give you some examples because there are so many that are pretty wild. Like when she was, uh, I was the baby, she was probably maybe 20 or something. And she was working in, um, in a camera store where they sell fancy cameras and so on. And, and the owner was a nice guy. I gave her a camera, say, okay, you can use it for a month. And then, but you know, it's a really expensive camera. And so she's walking home. And of course, because back then the street that I was growing up on was the monopoly of, this is actually a real story, but yeah, the street I was growing up on was the center of Brazilian transsexual hookers in Milan, which apparently there were a lot. Doesn't every city have one of those? Yeah, well, Milan was, my street in particular was wow. it. And, um, and then, of course, there were areas that were really dark and shady and these. And so one guy promptly decided to try to rob my mom, steal the camera. My mom is like, this camera is so much fucking money. Well, not maybe it wasn't that much, but for her, it's like, her, yeah. she'll never be able to pay it back if it's stolen. It's going to be bad and stuff. So they fight. They are in this area where, you know, there are cars going by, but nobody's stopping. And there's this area that's kind of like, there are just a bunch of rocks around, like next to the sidewalks. And it's like a place where the circus, when they are in town, they would put up the tent and do the <laughs> thing. But it's basically this empty lot. And so they just both, like the guys try to yank the camera. My mom is fighting him. They punch each other. They both grab rocks and smash each other's head with it. And eventually the guy got beat up enough and my mom got beat up enough. They both were bloody. And he decided, okay, this is not worth it. Fuck it and run off. She made it home to her own mom who was on the same street. So my grandma opened the door. My mom is at the door covered in blood from head to toe. And then the second my grandma opened the door, she passed out and was out for quite a while. So that's like one example, right? But the funny thing with her is that it happens all the fucking... Like even to this day, it still happen, right? It's uh, one from not so long ago that was crazy was... Um, there's a she's uh, walking really early in the morning around here where we are recording right now 
And the guy come up to her, give her, a, say, oh, can you help me find this street? And he give her this piece, he give her this piece of paper where there's written, give me your wallet. Don't make a big deal about it. Shut up. Give me the wallet. Right. He don't know who he's messing with. My mom read the thing and I don't know how she thought of it, but it was brilliant. She goes, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't have my glasses. I can see. Could and, you read it for me, please? And the guy's all like, okay. And like begin to go away. But... You know, after he takes 15 steps, he's like, no, 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 wait, I'm out. This is still a woman alone in a car in an area where there's no one around. So let's try that again. Let me try. That threw me off for a few seconds, but not enough. My mom had picked up a jacket from my house back when I used to live in Long Beach. Uh, because somebody, while I was in Italy, had broken into the house and all sort of shit, right? So she took some valuables and things. She picked up this leather jacket of mine. And so she, as she realized, this guy is not really gone. Is there anything that she put a hand in the jacket and find one of those knives that are the um, switchblades, mm -hmm. I guess. And um, so the guy turns around, take two steps toward her. She pull out a switchblade and goes, Ch -ch -ch. and the guy's like, ah, fuck it. I'm, I'm out of here. You know, it's like, things like that are I've heard, this is why Isabella is not making it up, right? I've heard so <laughs> many of these stories from uh, Italy where, uh, you know, it's spring, so nobody's uh, by the sea. It's pretty deserted. Her friend uh, is passed out after she took some sleeping pills, which is not a good idea. If you're going to go alone on the beach, two guys are beginning to molest her. They are moving on toward... Uh, and so my mom walks up and just shin kicks in the head one of the guys leaning down... Or, you know, shit like that is like, that's why Isabella has these strange ideas about life in that regard, because, but that's what I think about karma. You know what I mean? Is like, how many people does that shit happen to on a regular basis? The overwhelming majority of people will have one episode in their life, right? If that. With her, it's like one a year. Or there's something going on every single year. In Italy, it happened. In US, it happens. Some dude once tried to um, carjack her out here. Uh, gunpoint, you know, she gets into the car, barely locks it, and there's a guy right at the window going, pull down the window, bitch, and there's a gun pointed in her face, right? And the guy is all shaky, so he's probably on drugs, a little weird. Uh, and so without breaking eye contact, she just goes, turn the key and pump Punched the it. gas knocking the hell out of him, running him over with the car nice. and then taking off. And then the police stopped there like a minute later because she was speeding at crazy speed. And she was like, what the fuck happened? And they went to, basically it was a gang initiation thing where the guy was supposed to try to uh, carjack somebody to get in the... What happens when you bring your crushed, broken ass back to the gang after yeah, you failed at that? Exactly. That probably doesn't you, you go well. You just don't go back, I no, guess. No, I guess it doesn't go well. But I'm just like... Why in the universe does this shit happen to you? She doesn't move in the world like a victim. She's not looking like, you know, the frail little person who you really start thinking. But she doesn't behave like a victim either. She's a no. person that's ready to engage. In all and of these things, be... she walked out okay. Yeah, Every yeah. one of them. But the point is, why do they happen? You know? I don't know. But some people just sort of like they're take charge folks. I, I'll never forget shopping mall christmas time ethan was like two mm -hmm. maybe three 
and Gretchen had her bags and was unlocking her car and putting things in the car. And these two women rolled up and jumped out of the car and grabbed her purse and jumped back. Ooh. To which Gretchen said, buckle up, baby. Mama's going to go get her purse. Right. And she chased those bitches down till they eventually threw the purse out of the window. Wow. So I, there's folks that engage. Yeah. And I think both those ladies seem to be more of that. Yeah, that's mindset. for sure. That's for sure. So I don't know. I guess I could bring it on you a little bit if you know. I mean, there are other people who are going to walk away. Yeah. But that's okay. Out of the three times that it happened in a lifetime, you walk away two and a half and you kind of manage to disengage the third. That's fine. Yeah. But if it happens like one a year or one every two years, yeah. there is something where there's some kind of signal out there that's going out into the universe saying, Amir, it's happening. And send your goofballs this way. I'll straighten their asses out for you. Basically, you know, where it's just like, it's weird. And yeah, when I think about all the stories, I could go, I mean, I could make a whole episode just on that, on the all the my mom's fights. That's the episode right there. Because there's a long ass list of these things. And it's just so weird because you look at her and it's like, come on. She's not she's not one who's extra aggressive or looking for it, or she's not one who behaves like a victim where it's like, okay, that's an easy target. But it still happens. You know, maybe it's her place to straighten these goofballs out. Teach them a lesson. Maybe. Watch who you mess with there, fella. The universe is a mysterious place, that's for sure. It's funny, talking about knives, I had knife envy a few weeks ago. Do tell. Uh, we had gone up to the Sequoia National Forest to see the giant trees, uh -huh. which You're are beautiful. amazing and incredible. Yes. And we did some camping out there. And I always have my little Swiss Army knife for things like that. But while we were up looking at one of the giant trees, some fella had like this massive Bowie knife strapped to him. And I was like, you know, if this fella loses his shit all of a sudden, I'm wishing I had one of those as yeah, well definitely. all of a sudden. Yeah. So I didn't get anything that massive, but I got this great sort of like five inch, just one solid piece of metal with a nice yep. band around it. Um, it even has some flint in the back of it. Yeah, very much that size. Yeah. I love that. But Sorry. it stays at the solid, you know, as a knife the whole time. Right. It's not a folder. It's uh And what I really like about it, it's got a little strap on it. So if you get yourself a decent stick, it can be spear instantly right. as well. It's just well thought out. Yeah. yeah. And um, I love it. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the idea that, uh, especially women, that... Well, the problem is knife laws change from country to country, but in the places where it's possible to carry a knife, yeah. I think every woman should have a knife. Well, They're I think just we no... even heard from police before, like they would rather yeah. face a guy with a gun than a guy with a knife, especially yeah. when it gets in close. That sucks. Because one good shot, yeah. you're done. Doesn't take At least much. disabled. Yeah. No, knife is messy. It's And you don't really need to train that much to be decent. Yeah. And I mean, somebody who completely doesn't know what they are doing, okay, sure. They They're going to lose their they knife. They lose their knife. But if you vaguely know what you're doing, in which you don't have to be exactly proficient, just have a couple of basics... Good luck fighting somebody with a knife. It's not that easy. It's like the most trained person in the world against somebody who is barely okay with a knife. It's bad news. It's not a fun fight to be in. Just to embarrass myself further, I found myself out fishing a few weeks ago in the Channel yeah. Islands with my new knife. 
And uh, when it came time for filleting, yeah. I didn't want to mess up my new knife with fish True. <laughs> <laughs> so I left it to the expert knives right. on the deck. Because there was a moment I was like, oh, I'll get my new knife out and test yeah. that because I know it's sharp. And I was like, I don't want to get a bunch of fish cuts. Fish and guts everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I don't know what that says. Yeah. Uh, Some knives are the throwaway knives, are the one for everyday use. Or fillet knives that are perfectly sharp and these guys are taking care of business. Exactly. Watching people know what they do is a glorious thing. Oh, yeah. And that includes filleting halibuts. I had no idea halibut is a flounder. Did you know that? Did not. I'm sure you've heard of a halibut before. Yeah, yeah, I mean, of course. It's essentially West Coast flounder. Yeah, they're a flat really. fish, just like a flounder. It's funny. And uh, they were pulling that shit out of the water quite quickly. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, uh, since we're going on, just completely just yeah, yeah. jumping from topic to topic. Well, speaking we started with knives. Pulling uh, shit out of the water. I don't know if you've seen what's going on in Florida with the, the red, red tide. tide. Yeah, I've seen him before over the years, yeah. I'm following one of our former guests, uh, Sara Frazetta, who lives out there, yeah. the granddaughter of the epic painter Frank Frazetta. She is always posting about it. And I mean, part of it is bad luck. Sure, it's algae growing, whatever. But part of it is there's a ton of... Uh, runoff from ma- the exactly, farms. Exactly, yeah. man-made stuff that causes this stuff to grow. So there's a lot of business tied to it. And I like her approach because her thing is like, look, I don't give a fuck about the politics of it all. I don't care whether the guy is a Democrat or the guy is a Republican. That's not the box I check. The box I check is water, clean yeah. water. Whoever can deliver it to me. You know, I don't care. The point is, if you are sold out to corporate interest, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or both, don't care. I want the one who's not who deliver clean water. Simple as that. Because, I mean... Some of the pictures she puts out there every day, they are insane in the amount of fish, manatee, dolphin. It kills everything. If you try to go anywhere close to the beach, you get skin infections. On humans, it's terrible. It's like he's messing up everybody, right? It's like a serious ecological catastrophe. Man-made. And nobody's talking about it. No, and it's gone on. This isn't new. These red tides have been going for at least 10 years. Yeah. And it's this whole nature of this insanity with just pouring chemicals onto your crops. Yep. And if I'm the Monsanto guy, well, I want to move all this shit I can. They overuse it on such an epic scale. Don't apply it properly. And in Florida, it rains every two days. Washes right into the rivers. Rivers wash wide into the ocean. Yep. And when the time comes, yeah, these algae blooms come Start and pull growing. all the oxygen out of them. Yep. So the fish are gone. Kill and everybody. I'm sure, yeah, and anything that's breathing air is eating these toxic fish. Yep. It's insanity. And we allowed it to go on and go on. I mean, it was 117 in Van Nuys last week. No, that's better. The hottest temperature in the United States, hotter than the Death Valley. Oh, by the way, speaking of hotter than that valley... Um, two things. One on the Florida thing, the other one beside farm runoff, apparently septic tanks that they need to be inspected on a regular and they don't yeah, because they of the regulations. So there's stuff leaking all the time that contributes to that. Sure. But the other one, since you mentioned heat, we got a hate review on iTunes. That was oh, like the good. funniest thing I've seen in a while because the guy is basically saying they are climate deniers. Now, let's try that. Why are we climate attire? I think because one time we had said global warming is something that most people don't understand because it doesn't happen in front of their nose. So a better technique to convince people to care about environmental issues is to focus more on pollution, on things that people can experience and see and believe without even an argument, right? Yeah. 
that turned into we are climate deniers and we are anti you know we're preaching a anti-global warming and arguing that there is no global i'm like are you fucking insane like have you listened to three words in a row that we put together i thought that was pretty bizarre well i've been accused of a lot of things but never of being a, a climate um, denier right that's a new one i thought wow. so too i'm like well, dude hey. Obviously, my job here is done. I finally achieved what yeah. I was after. It's like peak on that's the stuff insanity. that's real, at least. The... You know, you didn't hear me saying Rick Scott and his friends in the in the Farmers Bureau cause. It's, I, didn't, it's, uh, it's, I don't know, man. It seems like I think it's already too late. I mean, we fished the fuck out of the oceans. It's bad. It's very the bad. The temperature's out of control, but now we're doing nothing. I do love the the notion of uh, Jerry Brown is not putting up with any of this reducing our mm -hmm. car standards. Right. And for those of you who live outside of California, um, we're not going to change our minds. Right. L.A. in the 70s and the early 80s was, was horrific. Yeah. And it, the smog days aren't what they used to be at all. It still sucks, it, but it's so much better than it used to it's be. Not it's not orange. even close. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, back then, yeah, you see the picture, you literally did not see the building across the street because yeah. the pollution was so bad. Now it sucks. It's still a place where there's a lot of air pollution, but it's nothing compared to... And we're going in the right direction if we were allowed to just continue on this course that seems naturally going to be electric cars in mm -hmm. 10 years. It's going to be a game changer. Yep, yep, yep And I'm yep. so sorry that the oil companies and their Saudi friends aren't going to make all their money, but we got to make a choice. And so for you climate denier folks out there... I'm not on your side. Sorry to disappoint you. Oh, come on. You're killing the reviewer on iTunes. You are so sure that you were a climate denier. Actually, we were a climate deniers. That's shocking. They should listen to a few more episodes. Check out episode one. See what that, about the yeah. climate of a fleshlight. Yeah, exactly. You'll deny That's, that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and since we're rolling in this free association of thoughts from one to the next, yeah, you yeah. mentioned Saudi Arabia. Huh. I'm very much enjoying the Saudi Arabia-Canada fight that uh, because Canada criticized the less than spotless human rights record that Saudi Arabia enjoys. Holy smokes. Saudi Arabia got pissed and they took away the scholarship to 16,000 of their own citizens who are studying in Canada. Pack it up, kids. Saying, uh, go to US, we'll give you a scholarship again. You cannot study in Canada anymore because Canada is this evil country that... 16,000? Yeah. Could that have anything to do with why kids with 4.0s in California couldn't get in any UC schools five years ago? And they they even, I forget if it was tweeted or what they did, an image of like an almost 9-11 attack in Toronto <laughs> just to, because, you know, it wasn't obvious <laughs> enough that they were behind it, right? It's just like, holy shit, some parts of the world are interesting. But, so, yes, on that line... There's your Isabella moment. Well, let's throw in another one that might as well. Please. So uh, a while back, he tells me, I hate that my bike is pink. Why do they even make pink bikes? And I was like, well, because lots of people love pink. Is all these people are psychopaths. Me. Hell, come on. You used to love pink. That's why we got it in the first place. Is. I'm not saying I'm not a psychopath anymore, but I'm not a pink psychopath anymore. <laughs> I was like, okay, there's a logic there. I see your point. But yeah, she went from really liking pink to deeply hating it. Uh, a certain daughter I know is in Hawaii. Doing? I don't even want to know. <laughs> Having fun? 
having a blast. That's good. Sent me a picture of pineapple. That's good. That's the one thing that always uh, uh, your daughter unfeelingly bring a smile to your face. That's the one thing, you know, rain or shine, other topics can change, but the topic of your daughter is always one that makes you happy. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad she's in Hawaii. Right. You know, if you're going to go to Albania, you might as well go to Hawaii next. Kind of owe it to yourself. Yeah, that's probably good. No offense to all our one and a half listeners in Albania, but still. Even they know. know. Yeah, probably. I mean, when you're scaring the German tourists, you really are achieving something. Yeah, and Hawaii, compared to pretty much anything, is not a bad deal. Yeah, it's got to be pretty great. They arrived last night and just sent this morning that uh, they'll have to live with the fact that their side of the island only gets the good sunsets. Uh Uh-huh. So they had to view the sunrise through some of the aisles. Right. But later tonight, it's going to be better. So It's going to be a better deal. Sometimes you got to, you know, it. take the good with the bad. Makes sense. Story time, everybody. For the 12 of you listening... Let's go play with the joys of communism. Ooh. Um, before you st- Is this about Republican people? Yeah, no, before I start getting 72 emails, uh, no, that was sarcasm, just oh, to let you know. I got you. The, yes, comrade. So, because of the joys of communism, Stalin, in after World War II, decided to ban possession of any Western music in Russia. Because why would you possibly be listening to that crap? You need to listen to patriotic Russian songs or some Red Army hymn, but forget all the other stuff. Now, as it tends to happen, prohibiting somebody doesn't tend to successfully extinguish the desire for people to have access to such things. You kid me, right? So, surprise, surprise, people don't exactly listen when you tell them, don't do it, that, you know, the just say no... Didn't work for Nancy Reagan, didn't work for Stalin, apparently. People, somehow people are not convinced by that argument. So you probably have to have like a more of an amendment level prohibition for things to work, right? Um, or, or you don't have prohibition, right? Because oh, that's just... Uh, that didn't work either. Yeah. The... It doesn't work for teenagers, I promise you that. Yeah, no, yeah, teenagers always listen if you Whatever prohibit you do, something. Stay away from that sex stuff. That always works. Yeah, the rule was that anything, any record that you had, had to be by a Russian composer. Oh. That's it. That's the gig. But of course, people wanted American music and jazz and blues and rock and everything else. So, But here's the problem for a black market, especially back then, because, you know, today all our music is in files that are invisible because you can put them in a flash drive or whatever. Back then, you actually needed, this is not even CDs, this is not even, this is just good old vinyl records, and you have to, the problem is you need to have the raw material to print the record, and the records are big, and all of that, so, you know, it was, um, there was more of of a struggle in setting up a good black market for that, because there wasn't that much access to the raw material to produce records. Well... When people are short on something, they tend to get inventive. They do get very inventive. So the thing that they went for, this created something known as bone music. 
Excuse me? Yeah, not in the... That's why they didn't want the Western music in the first place, because you get some of that big band stuff going, and the bone-in commences. Yeah, not in a slang kind of way, oh, in oh, a very oh. literal kind of way. So apparently the hero of our story is uh, was a 19-year-old sound engineer named Raslan... I'm going to try. Boglovsky. That yes, Raslan Boglovsky. In, uh, in Leningrad who decided to, uh, you know, he created this uh, device to bootleg Western albums. But again, the, the way he went about it, he figured out that, okay, vinyl is made with a lot of petroleum. That's, uh, that's basically what it is. And there weren't a whole lot of raw material sources for this, except that one day he found this pile of discarded X-rays from the hospital. Turns out that if you press... Again, I don't fucking understand how it works because I don't know it, but I take it on faith that you can basically put the music on on records that you create by pressing X-rays together, putting them together, and the kind of material actually reproduce music and can get the job done. Yeah, I can see, you know, it's going to make an imprint just the same way, and those grooves will be held properly. And I wonder how many X-rays you had to do to make a record. Probably a lot. So he started, you know, paying off uh, people working in the hospitals to grab all the x-ray film when they are done with them please pass them over so he would just buy like thousands and thousands of this x-ray press them together put them in a bootleg record and then sell them on the black market um wow this cost him five years in prison in Siberia because it's, after all, uh, communist Russia, right? But people figured it out and they started doing the same. And then, you know, the cat was out of the bag and it was kind of hard to stop from happening because it's not that you can stop taking x-rays. And, you know, there was always the orderly that for 20 bucks would smuggle a whole lot of x-ray to you. And so that's kind of how the whole thing started. I find it glorious i mean that's like uh that's a great story about uh where there's a will there's a way yeah it's very rock and roll right resistance to authority and uh, opposition to the just say no approach is basically what rock and roll was so it seems to be very fitting the, the whole thought process of i mean post-world war ii people had already been exposed to this music i mean it's like the yeah. well, what they used to say you know how are you going to get them back on the farm once they've seen the lights of paris that had to be sort of a similar feeling in russia i mean how was it so oppressive that you couldn't even have the music that just seems yeah that's pretty bad that that's had to be when, insane yeah. for it to but of course didn't stalin kill way more people than hitler yeah he? that's exactly that's why totalitarian dictators as a general rule are not known for being nice guys no. so you know you you do get the vibe of why this stuff happens with them why it's not fun to live in a totalitarian regime and all of that yeah when you're down to having to go through piles of discarded x-rays to get your music fix that's a bit of uh when you need some glenn miller man you need it that's all there is to it yeah that's the but i thought he was it's a cool defiant story, which is always fun to hear. And it's perfect for the times, because, I mean, when you think about the time frame, that is when rock and roll was starting. So, you know, the music and the means to produce the music seem to go hand in hand very well. I'm sure it must have been weird to listen to Elvis on a record that shows somebody broken tibia, but that's basically what it was. 
That's amazing. But I remember, you know, there was a time when you could get like keyboard magazine and things like that in the 80s. Yeah. There would be a little floppy, mm-hmm. you know, I guess it did seem to be much more than an x-ray. And you could put it on your record player. Uh, for those of you younger record players, this thing where you would place a needle yep. onto a spinning platter that had vibrations printed into the vinyl. And those would rattle the needle and then you would amplify that. And the music would come pouring out. What a wild concept. But yeah, it, when you think about it, it is a wild concept. When you think about how big is a record versus now it, you don't see the music you play because it's directly into the device. Yeah. It, it's a game changer, you know. Well, there was something awesome about having the vinyl. And, you know, vinyl definitely sort of making a comeback. Mm-hmm. Probably just those of us who are happy to spend $37 on a record we got for six in 1980. Right. But, uh, you know, you could literally look at it and sort of see the patterns and see the way the grooves, you know, had the music embedded mm-hmm. inside of them. And that was sort of an incredible thing. Something I think is really crazy. Jack White is who I heard it from. Hmm. And he says, since we switched to digital, which is literally like a stair-step yep. version of the, of the sound waves, um, he says our brains have to fill in those gaps. Hmm. And that there's a sort of like listen to digital music can actually tax you a little bit because especially if you know the old records you may not sense it directly orally right but your brain detects the missing parts that something is off and that uh, something's just not right about it that's funny that's which makes perfect sense yeah no it's crazy i mean who would have thought you'd have fifteen thousand pieces of music in your pocket I know. Even in 1985. Yeah, that just no, it's nuts. You know, I'm sure you remember mixtapes. Of course. They were the, grand. The change of the technology is wild. Right. It just kills something in a little way. Yeah. I mean, on the other hand, the ease of it all is like compared to having your re- your house packed with like records everywhere and you have to carry pounds and pounds and pounds of stuff everywhere you go. I don't know. I mean, I'm with you. It is amazing. Yeah. Like, remember that song? Click, yeah. click, click. There it is. Right. That was, the, but there was just something about the hunt for it and how things would kind of like, hey man, this dude got this record, you got to check it out. Let me tell you a story. Then this is uh, on the hunt and the lack of the producer something good, which in some cases it definitely does work, right? Yeah. So I found um, digging in Italy at my dad's house. I found these books that were the books that basically I started getting intrigued with history with. And they were books that I read when I was like six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They were like these books that are illustrated. They have these um, usually fairly, kind of like there's a drawing style that's sort of this Where is Waldo kind of thing where there's very complex scenes with lots of characters. And so maybe you have this old book of like whatever many pages on ancient Egypt. So you have, you know, your little the kid pharaoh from... with his whip and the, yeah. the slaves lined up pulling bricks and the whole sort of... Totally, right? Yeah, and yeah. you have some text, so it describes, it teaches you, you have the little arrow that point to what's going on in various parts. But then the other thing is that the scene is so complex and so many characters that you can spend 20 minutes looking at one panel and just look at what everybody's doing. And suddenly you find these little Easter eggs where it's like oh man, look on the side here. There's this guy who's pushing the other guy into the river where the crocodiles into the Nile are going to come up to eat him. <laughs> Check that out. I, how many times did I look at this? I never even noticed. And then, you know, you know this whole thing. Realistically, today, nobody would have the patience for it because you got TV, right? You yeah. got, you know, you watch that. Uh, there's... Wh- 
But there was that process of just sitting there for me and looking at a still image, a very well-drawn and complicated still image, but it's still a still image. And your imagination is just working over time to fill in what is it like to be the one dude in that corner of the image that's uh, tilling the soil where the next guy is doing this and that, you know, it's like... Or what that guy do to make him so mad to push him into the crocodile? Precisely. And so then you <laughs> fill in the backstory and yes. you start imagining things. And then you imagine, okay, but now the guy with the boat come to save him. And, and then you start running novels in your head, right? And you're just basically making it all up. And is awesome exercise for your imagination you know i love that you brought it home yeah oh we had those absolutely yeah so you got this look at this time helmet man that is quite awesome yeah you have like the kid from well back then it would have been the 1980s probably 19s traveling back in time and seeing all these things and you got all this really well drawn him but really like nobody today would do it you know same thing like there was something else that i started playing uh, that i really enjoy oh you're, you're checking out the images not too bad huh they're great I, I i remember having something very similar to this and for sure there's a bible version of these is there well yeah. one of the things Almost that i appreciated about this by the way check out this panel ah, there's lots of nudity boobs. yes and there are if you go forward there are gonna be also there's some pretty insane violence for a children book there's an image of egyptian warfare where you see after the battle them chopping off the heads of all the dead enemies and piling them together you know typical thing that you put in a children book yeah. right well now i'm rushing through to get to that right so there's uh yeah man it's uh it's something else and uh yeah there you go the pile of hands oh in the classic children books so then you can begin to appreciate how i got the way i got right it's like children books with Very mummification nice. boobs and piles of enemies hands stuck together and realistically it's like well that in the three channels that are on tv you have maybe half hour of cartoons a day so you really if you're a kid you get nothing to watch and so you will spend time with these and just let your imagination go you know i don't and, know that's a glorious one and there was one for many different topics and many different yeah totally there's that's where i developed the whole passion for history because i would take a look at these when i was very little and they were fun to play with and i would learn to read with it and so you got ancient egypt and rome and greece and this and that and the other and there are all these it's awesome absolutely i have uh, acquired the it was time life books mm -hmm. that were subject you know mountains and one of course was space yeah and it was probably 68 there weren't even like images of the planets right that were anything better than from a telescope from the ground yeah, yeah just course. amazing like yeah. lots of things were drawings and lots of things were wrong yeah but it was just i just gobbled it up no and in fact that's where i understand your argument because while obviously technological progress helps in a lot of ways yeah including the entertainment ones there are other things in which depriving yourself a little and being able to take the time to dive into something like this that we're talking about. Or like, for example, I dug for Isabel, I found these old things that were super popular when I was like 13, 14 or something, what were known as the game books, where 
it's ta- it's kind of like almost a Dungeons and Dragon adventure. Choose but your own adventure. Like it, you, it's you sort made of this, uh, a decision. Yeah, and that yeah, was yeah, yeah. yeah. It's oh, like we had those. you have I the options, them. and you either go to page thirty-two or page one hundred and twenty-eight. Of course, you yeah. keep the finger in the thing so that if you made the wrong choice and you just got slaughtered in the most horrible way at the next page, you or go back just and redo cheat. them over and over. Of again. course, yeah, they were called Choose Your Own Adventure here. That's what they call them. But yeah. I loved it's them. Genius. They are, but realistically. It's a video game. Yeah. Right? Well, and it quickly like turned into can... those text games where right. drink me, eat me, yeah. off the adventure went. No, I'm not arguing against it. I'm not saying that the it was the fascination that even those hand-drawn pictures of things we didn't have good pictures of, mm-hmm. it didn't matter. Yep. The fascination was lit. Yep. Absolutely. So it's uh, it even had a picture of the Mount Wilson telescopes that never would I imagine when I was six that I would literally be looking through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, no, I don't know. I mean, be, having everything available to you, there's something about it that seems to be corrupting us. In some well, way. I think in fact, in that sense, the ideal balance, if we want to look for one, is have everything available and willingly choose not to all the time, so that you give yourself uh, this week. No Netflix, no this, no that. I'm just gonna go another route and see what happens to my imagination when I when I do rely on fewer tools, you know. And um, I think that's the great balance, right? When you have it, so it's not that you're like stuck. Because then, I mean, I remember as a kid being really bored in a way that kids today wouldn't be sometimes. Yeah. But at the same time, the challenge was then you have to come up with ways not to be horrendously bored and it stimulated your creativity and it made you work harder. And the next thing you know, you're pushing somebody into the alligator infested river. Exactly. And you're imagining the whole backstory and all of that stuff. So it's, that one is fun. It's a very strange time, man. It's like, I'm sure yeah. we've said it a hundred times before. The technology is sort of getting out in front of us so fast mm-hmm. that we don't even have time to digest it or to see what's happening. Of course. Of course. But I tell you what. I wouldn't have wanted to have Facebook available when I was in the seventh grade. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. Yeah, I think it's it's weird. I think it's that kind of, it, in that sense, it's very Taoist, right? It's like for everything that's an advantage also carries its disadvantage for sure. within it. And there's, uh, it is, uh, com- it clearly is not a completely black or completely white kind of story. It's a very mixed bag where you gain and you lose at the same time because of the same thing. Yeah. And so it's, Changes the game for sure, but whether for better or worse is always a, a judgment call on the specifics. music means that's the end of another fine episode of the Drunken Tass Podcast. Daniele, I thought that was fantastic. It was meandering, but entertaining at the same time. Yeah, I like some time to just go in stream of consciousness, jumping from topic to topic, and they were good ones. So, Can I quickly I mention our, 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 our friend on iTunes that thinks we are climate deniers, that yeah, you're wrong? Uh, no, really? You think we're not? If, if nothing in 150 episodes has convinced you that we're on the side of like science and the, the fact that it was 117 of Van Eyes last week and yeah come on dude you're a climate denier rich don't don't deny that yeah okay i can't the yeah that was ridiculous speaking of which if you guys feel like giving us some good reviews on itunes that don't accuse us of the weirdest thing on earth that would be sweet 
So there's plenty of non weird uh, things to accuse. Yeah, of. exactly. No yeah, you can accuse us of the real stuff. Yeah. That's good enough. Go right but, ahead. But yeah, reviews on iTunes are always appreciated. Speaking Thank you. of <laughs> reviews, how do you like that blue chew? Blue Chew sponsor for this episode. Blue Chew is glorious. It's one of those. It's just an awesome product because it basically ensures that at least the male side of the equation is taken care of in delivering some hot, good sex. Uh, you're having a half day, you're tired, you had a little too much to drink, you ate too heavy. Not really an issue. Uh, Bluetooth delivers. Problem again, solved. And I'm not reading points. This is actually personal experience speaking. It, it's awesome. I uh, I have I have a smile on my face. It does have a command. smile. It's actually beaming <laughs> <Yes>. right now. <laughs> it's good stuff. So check them out. He feels but... like a, a Japanese soccer team after losing a game. He's smiling so much. Right. It's uh, yeah, and it's cool. It's all online. You don't need to see a doctor for prescription. They have it set it up online where they basically ask you three questions and you get uh, your prescription they no visits to a pharmacy ship straight to your door you can try it for free uh, when you use the promo code drunk d-r-u-n-k and just pay five dollars for shipping that's it and then you get the chewable is the same stuff essentially as the name brands of the ed medications but they are um, but they are, of course, a lot cheaper because it's not a name brand. And so you can get it for much cheaper. In this case, you can get it straight up for free with just the $5 for shipping using promo code DRUNK at B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. And your girlfriend will, will load it up to the uh, promo code SATISFIED. Yeah, indeed. So I'm a fan. <laughs> uh Thank you to the other sweet folks who, well, let's start thanking, first of all, a couple of people. It, recently, since we recorded the previous episode and we're kind of recording them back to back, so I only have a couple of names of the sweet people who donated. Let the pottery begin. Let's do this. Among the two people who donated in between the last one and this one, we have uh, Rich's best friend, Harry Johnson. How's it going, my friend? And Lisa Robles. Thank you guys so much. Much appreciated for supporting the show. Uh, also, thank you to Daisy House for giving us the music. Coracao uh, chocolate. Now, if I was a, if I'd been a good person, I would have saved some and give you some. But the second it arrived, Savannah consumed half, and I promptly gobbled up the other half. It's okay. I've had it in the past, and it's never really survived. So yeah, it's so. Plus it's it was, hot here, it would have melted. Yeah, I haven't mentioned them in a while. They are great. If you are in the mood for chocolate, check these guys out. Kurokao chocolate, good stuff. Um, thank you guys for using our Amazon link. It's always deeply, deeply appreciated. Thank you to NeverTapGear.com for sponsoring Savannah. Speaking of sponsoring Savannah, thank you to uh, Short Design T-shirts who sponsor us as well as Savannah in our MMA pursuits. So... Those guys are awesome. You guys know the drill. There are links in the episode notes for Short Design. There are links in the episode notes for Datsusara. And there are links in the episode notes for Onnit. Lots of great products. We use them all on a regular basis. So check those nice folks out. They are, keep us in business and is very much appreciated. Um, anything else we need to mention? That's it. I think that wraps it. So you guys have a wonderful day. 
and so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dallas Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as they come out. You can keep track of Danielli at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-L-E-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at RichieMon1. R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. We'll see you all soon. Woo! I don't want to hear this. No, you don't. <laughs> in questo cazzo, in questo caso, le provvidenze di Dio. Duncan showed you the way, huh? Oh, man, isn't that scary to think? Nice. So don't kill people, do that instead. <laughs> this was great. Fucking awesome. And I love this conversation. I have nothing against chicken other than the fact that they are ugly and weird and strange. We've been yeah, having a great hour nice. here. Dun, dun, dun. Completely got lost. Are we doing the outro or the intro? We're right? outro. Oh, we're out. Okay, sorry. So that's so. Let's continue. Did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and uh, uh, your accent? It just whatever that movie is you were trying to tell can me. Can you about. translate for me, please? I believe the word was tombstone. Yeah, that one exactly. <laughs> just as I was saying, you know, Tombstone. <laughs> now, most everybody thought. <coughs> sorry. We'll, <coughs> we'll do a cut on there. Or not. That was something else. <laughs> no, that's a bit too powerful. <laughs> what do I have to do? One day the rod shall teach you. Get back to work. Funky. <laughs>